about the whole idea of uh, the power of knowledge. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Father God, as we come this morning, we thank you for the saints of God. We thank you for your great love and care for us. And you have given us your word that is complete, dealing with every aspect of our lives. And so, Lord, I just pray that in our time together, we want to look at 1 John, and we're looking at the whole idea of um, what it means to have knowledge and that power of knowledge and how you're in the midst of the whole thing. Lead and guide us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For me to read this and then there's something on my heart I would like to just say before we go even further. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But, that conjunction with a function, let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. The word Lord there is, uh, it's like he said, it's the Lord Jehovah, Yahweh, the Lord. Okay, I think you got that. Now, um, what I want to, to say um, kind of flows with First John. Ignorance is a dangerous situation to be in. The most dangerous thing to be in a position where you don't know. I was sharing uh, with the board with a guy who um, um, has a post-traumatic syndrome, PTS, and um, he was struggling with PTS, and um, he just had some very sleepless nights. Make a long story short, he uh, came to know the Lord. <laughs> and praise the Lord for that. But he still was struggling. He was still, that, he was still struggling with what happened on the front lines. And his wife said, well, I tell you what. Let's go back to the church and let's ask the pastor. He went into the pastor's office and he told the pastor what has happened and, uh, and the pastor said, well, at least you know you're saved. And he said, yes, and here's what the pastor said. If you're still having all of this, this post-traumatic stress syndrome, Jesus can't help you. I uh, It bothers me um, because what happened after that
after he left the pastor's office, he went home and committed suicide. I'm glad I don't know the pastor's name, where he lives. That's between him and God. Praise the Lord that the man accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior. It's what he didn't know that caused him to move in an area that was along Satan's line, and he died. Do you think I'm standing up here just to preach a message? It breaks my heart when we have ignorant people. When I say, I didn't say stupid. I'm saying people who don't know and have the word of God there and still don't know, that's a serious problem. Serious. And I trust that you're not that. I'm, I'm trusting better things of you, as Paul would say. <laughs> okay. I had to get that off my chest. Um, in our introduction, there is an endemic flaw that has been passed from the Garden of Eden until now. The word is preference. What's the word? Making a decision that is more satisfying than the other. Adam was very knowledgeable and understood the boundaries that God had established, but he preferred to do it his way. God told him not to uh, go. Uh, matter of fact, it's the trees in the center of the garden. He said, listen, listen, as far as you're concerned, that's off limits. Guess what? He's there. Uh, not to bite of the fruit. Guess what? He bit the fruit. And then after he did all of that, he turned around and said, well, the reason I did it because the woman you gave me, she gave it to me, and so I did eat. If we interviewed Adam, he'll tell you this. I knew what God said. I walked with God in the evening. He set the boundaries. I knew this. But when it came down to the biting of the fruit, I had a preference to go outside of his will. People are dying and going to the lake of fire, not because God has not done all that he wanted, he could do. But people after hearing the word of God prefer to hold on to no hope instead of the only hope. Okay, then Knowledge and our personal preference will probably be at, our, be at war within us, our souls, until Jesus comes. You know something that God told you to do? Forget about what happened with all the other things I said. You know what God told you to do. What's keeping you from doing it? You know the people you're supposed to forgive? You don't do it. Why? <laughs> The Lord tells you to, to pray and, re and get you up in the morning, keep, feed you during the course of the day, and you don't even say, hello, Jesus. Why? We're in the situation where we think we're in control of our lives. For the record, you have been bought with a price. You are not your own. That's what the word of God tells us. God requires us to know. That is not a suggestion, wish, or desire. It's a command which is an 
established norm among those who are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. There are no ignorant folks in heaven. No one is ignorant. Okay. How can you uh, not know, not in glory? And, since, and guess what? Since you're on the other side of Calvary, God expects you to be just like the citizens of heaven. You walk not by how you feel, but what you know concerning to the word of God, starting from the word of God, and how it applies to you, then from you, you affect others. Now, this is what 1 John is talking about. That's why I'm not going verse by verse of 1 John. All I'm doing is going through John and dealing with just the word no. And it's, it started off with our first time we were talking about the whole idea of um, the, the whole idea of God is light. First, you have to know who God is. It's always start off with the spiritual. It didn't tell us what to do. So it starts off with who God is, and and uh, and uh, and so in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and it goes on and on. And he's explaining about Jesus Christ being God in the flesh. Well, let's go on to the next slide. Consider this. Knowledge is a God-given opportunity to expand our thinking, enhance our ability to choose, ensure a favorable outcome, and be a resource that will direct us in and through life's uh, challenges. For the record, when God takes us along a path, every time he takes us along the path, every time he does something in our lives, Whenever there's, there's a difference between a failure and a setback. A lot of times when God is working in your life, you'll have a lot of setbacks, but you're not a failure. Why? Because there's no failure in God. That's why the Lord, that's why the, in Psalms says, uh, uh, Proverbs, it says uh, 3, 5, and 6, uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, and all your ways. What part of all we don't understand? In all our ways, what are we supposed to do? Acknowledge him and what would he do? Direct our path. Then is it possible for a believer to be a failure? No. He said, yes again, then you prove it to me out of God's word. Every time they fail, it's because they went by their preference and not by the word of God. A brief synopsis of uh, John, First John will reveal three significant things. The, the pervasive false teaching denying the humanity of Christ. Then the prevailing flaw of living. And that's where you had the, the, the Gnostics and all these other things that they were doing, mystical thinking. The, the pro, uh, profound uh, insight into the hard purpose and plans of God. We look at this, this kind of give you an overview, and now we want to move further into this whole idea of knowing. Thinking it through, what are the benefits of knowing God's way? Well, I just happen to have 10 up there, isn't that something? Okay, let me go over to uh, The first one is uh, clarity. When you, when you know God's word, then it's clarity. Um, th this will help us when it comes down to um, uh, any type of elections and whatever the case may be. Uh, they say, well, is he a Christian? No, he's not a Christian. I mean, he's the worst guy on, on the earth. Uh, I'm not going to vote for him. Why? He's the worst God, uh, guy on earth. But you got all those other folks up there, uh, that, but it's not in, in the news. So, so how, do you, how do I discern 
And so when I listen to candidates and whatever, the first thing I look at is character. I get their name. A lot of them are on YouTube. You get the background, what they're doing, et cetera, et cetera. To what it's not saying on, on the news media, this is, what, this is what they're doing. And I said, okay. Now I have a choice of two people. Uh, which one flows closer to God's will? And I said, well, let me, let me tell you. This, this is my choice. Now this is Don Racket. Okay. Um, I do not go into bo the voting booth and and this, you know, any, meeny, mighty, more, Lord, direct my hand. No, you need to go in knowing. Okay. Establish absolutes. When you know God, you establish absolutes. And when it comes down to I feel, I think, you do it after you know. It's a position. It's, it don't put down, we don't put down your thinking. God giving you a brain to think. Okay. But when it comes down to knowing, it must come from God's word. Then it goes to whatever the situation is. Believe me, saints, um, I'm, I'm saying this because for years, marriages have fallen apart because of ignorance. 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 A wife was, uh, uh, the husband was saying, my wife does not respect me. And for 16 years, the wife finally said, you know what? I've done everything. Everything. And it seemed like nothing satisfies him. And I, and I asked the question, I said, well, I said, first, did you tell her how you, how you feel, how you feel respected or how you are respected? He said, I never communicated. Oh, so you never told her how you should respect her. So you expect her to do your expectations without any information. And so you lost 16 years of a good time because of ignorance and pride and finger pointing. It establishes absolutes growth and development. When you know God, if you want, the moment that you know God, guess what? He has a growth program for you. Okay. You might not like it. He'll snatch some of you folks out of your life you don't, don't need. Uh, but he'll put the right people in there that you personally don't like, um, and he'll, he has a, his own growth pattern, okay? Then confidence. When I know God's way, then I am not, I think, I feel, no, I do go with confidence. Um, God I told Joshua, be courageous, be what? Very courageous. Now, how can he do that? Because Joshua knew God all those years through the battles, he said, my, so my servant uh, Moses is dead, and now I want you to move forward. And he, and he didn't say, you should know, uh-uh. He said, no, I want you to be courageous based on what you know. I want you to be courageous. Confidence. Then compliance. Do what you're told. Go along with the program. Uh, confirmation. Your testimony and your praise. When you come to morning worship, my praise is I love the Lord for who he is and what he's doing in my life and in the life of the saints of God and his mercy. Oh, we can come up with a list. Core values. You start having, having core values. You start making your friends say, well, let's know I don't do that anymore. Why? You're afraid? Uh-uh. Because I would break my father's heart. When we start getting to that level, the reason I don't do or say 
because God is weighing out every word of the saints and either it blesses his heart or it grieves him. Got it? Um, core values. Correct thinking. Uh, God has some smart folks. And they didn't, they didn't go to any college. They didn't go to any. I mean, they, they're just some smart folks. Why? Because they're in Christ. And in Christ, guess what? He's already referenced. If we lack wisdom, what are we supposed to do? Okay, don't go to Google and the Corey. The, the, you know, go to the Word of God, and God will share with you exactly what to do. Uh, and, and then uh, the correct course of action. Once you know all these things, you start doing the thing. Control negative thinking. The more you get to God, the negative thinking is now pushed to the side. Why? Because God is talking louder than your negative thinking. You say, well, I get a lot of negative thoughts. Then why are you thinking it? I can't help it. Excuse me. Wait a minute. Let me get this straight. The Holy Spirit is indwelling you. You, if you lack wisdom, ask God. And you telling me that you cannot put this negative thinking in a box. Oh, don't you, don't you understand? We're more than conquerors through him that love us. If you keep doing the negative thinking, it's not that you don't have the power and the essence of the throne of God. There's a preference to keep looking over that way. And when you look over that way, that's all, that's what they do in, in, in commercials. The hook, the look, the book, the took. Hook, get your attention. The look, hold your attention. Uh, the book, show you what it's all about. The took, get it now. Last sale, going today. So the whole idea is this. Once you get your attention, you move in that direction. But you have to know where you are. James 4, 17. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Why? Because sin is not an accident. Repeat that after me. Sin is not an accident. Oops, I, I accidentally sinned. No, you didn't. You didn't belong there in the first place. You shouldn't have been thinking that way in the first place. You shouldn't have been listening to that conversation that would even draw you into it. Oh, you positioned yourself to receive what was in that environment. Oh. Now we get to the outline. <laughs> uh, that, I trust me that the outline uh, will, I will not be like Moses uh, saying, Pharaoh, let my people go. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll let you go at the proper time, okay. Uh, the, the, but the outline is this. It's a, a positive perspective. Then you have the pattern. Then the plan. Then the proof, the profile, and principle. All the way now, we're, just, we're, dealing with this, we're just extrapolating out of 1 John knowledge. That's all. No. If you went back to 1 John and talked about love, there's something about love. You go back and see about light, you have things about light. So I'm just going to 1 John and pulling out, no. All the things we should know are 1 John as much as I can. Okay, okay then let's go forward. First, uh, the positive perspective. 1 John 3, 1. See what kind of love the Father has given us that we should be called the children of God. 
And so we are. The, the reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. The impact of God's kind intentions and actions toward us. A volunteer love. Commitment to our ultimate good throughout all eternity. When we say God love us, when, when you use the word love, it's a total commitment to your ultimate good for the rest of your life or the person's life. Husband, love your wife for the ultimate good. They act crazy. Let's put husband. Love your husband. Okay. The whole idea is this. If you love, it's a total commitment regardless of what that person does. Are you there? Yeah. This is for God. And guess what? We become more Christ-like when we start exercising that type of thing uh, uh, toward the individual. Okay? And then uh, attaching an eternal relationship. The impact of God's love and kind intentions. That's what it is. God so loved the world. God so committed, even though uh, Adam uh, blamed him for his failure, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And, and, and God knew that Adam was going to do that before he even created Adam. Now you know that, don't you? But God was not shocked, you know. Uh, I created you and you're acting crazy on me? No, no. The Lord knew it. And guess how do I know the Lord knew it? Because Jesus Christ was slain, according to Ephesians, before the foundations of the world. God already planned out what was going to happen. The mess up in the Garden of Eden was a fix up on the cross of Calvary. Oh, God knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. Okay. Um, little next slide then. Number two, the pattern. First John 3, 2. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. Because we shall see him as he is. And so that's why I colored it in. Know there are three things. He will appear. We shall be like him. We shall see him as he is. That's one thing you know. That's why when it comes down to funerals, um, it's a home going for a believer. See, It's a total shutout forever for an unbeliever. If they, they do not know the Lord, then God does not know them. And guess what? There are some folks who are going to church and doing all the right things per se. But Jesus warned. In the day, someone say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this, and didn't we do this, and this, didn't we do this? And the Lord said, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Wow. Um, so, beloved, we are the children. Didn't, this, look at this, this verb here. It doesn't say we shall be the children of God. We might be the children of God. But it says very definite. We are, right now, the children of God. That's something that is irreversible. And if you keep acting up, he can take you out of this world, but you're still his. 
He's just a hard-headed child that he has to take out. But you're still his. You mean I can sit and do whatever I, I want? Don't, don't do that. I want to, I want to, let, me, let me give you the gospel one more time. Maybe you didn't quite understand what that was all about. But you don't go back and start doing the things you used to do. And talking about the things you used, you, uh, you did in your past and glorying over all that you, he said, I'm so glad I'm saved now, but boy, when I was unsaved and spend a half an hour talking about all the things you did when you were unsaved. Then I did this, and then I did this. I said, good, now tell me, for, give me at least five minutes of what Jesus Christ is doing for you. Oh, 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 man, now, now, you, now you're trying to put me down. No, I, just, I mean, you, you know this, you should know him. Okay, let's go on. Number three, see how fast we're going to these? One, two, three, there's, there's hope for Don Racket. Okay, John gave five reasons that Christ was manifested to the world. And so I went to First John, and uh, I listed the five reasons that First John gave. Why did Christ come? Did that for us uh, more than that? Five reasons. Number one, to take away sin. Everybody should know that. Amen. We, we should get 100 on that one, okay? Um, you should know, it says, you know that he appeared in order to take away sins. And in him, there is no sin. The reason I said five reasons, remember, why do you say it? What's your burden to prove? How to apply to me? Each time we go over this, I'm going to show you a verse out of 1 John that validates my point. Okay. So the first one is, you know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sins. Telesta, he said, it's finished. It's finished. Okay. Number two, to destroy the works of the devil. I don't care how powerful he seems, he's just a, um, a well, how can I put it? He's acting like a junkyard dog with no teeth. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. He said, now, whoever perpetu perpetually sins, just keep on sinning and keep on sinning, then you are of, you're not a part of God's family, you're of Satan. It's not done. I'm just reading. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Shut Satan down, cut the, the snake's neck off, and the rest of the tail would be wagging around. But I learned something about animals, though. <laughs> With rattlesnakes and what have you. When you cut a rattlesnake's neck off, if you get near his mouth and he bites you, it can still, you can be poisoned by the dis, dismantled neck. Did you know that? I was looking at that, whoa. Then this, just throw the whole thing in the garbage. Why do you want to mess with the neck? Throw it all in the garbage. When it comes down to Satan, the Lord says, I know how to stop this. I know how to stop this sin. The first thing is, I came to die for your sins. Now you're straight with the Father. Now I'm going to deal with the one who's causing all this mess. So I'm going to, he didn't say put down, he said destroy. Completely wipe out Satan. Well, we come now to our third reason, third and fourth, to provide a way of life 
through him. Okay, our sins forgiven, Satan's taken out of the way, and this the love of God has, has made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. We have a new way of living, a new way of thinking, a new way of communicating. We don't have to prove anything to anyone. You are who you are because God loved you. Okay? If people don't like you, this, uh, let that be uh, you know, duck or water on the duck's back. Just let, let it go. Just do me a favor. Just see this here? Shake, shake your hand this moment. Just shake it off. Just, just shake it off. Okay, because that's not your problem. That's their problem. Why are you getting upset over their problem? Okay, that's their problem. Don't let anyone steal your joy. Even when I'm driving and uh, I'm getting ready to make a, this turn and this car speeding up, and this Lord has laid on my heart, slow down, just wait. Zoom. As it passes, I just shake it off. By the time you get home, you're going to run across some crazies, okay? When you run across the crazies, don't, don't say anything negative. Just shake it off. All right, all right, you, you got it, you got it. Um, number four, to satisfy God's requirement. Okay, forgive us our sin, take Satan out of the way, provide a way to live, and to satisfy God in the process. And this is love, not that we love God. But he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or the appeasement for our sins. Amen? Well, let's go on. Number five, to establish knowledge and understanding. Another reason that the, uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ came is to establish knowledge and understanding. Okay, your sins forgiven, Satan's taken out, out of the way, you learn how to live a life. Uh, all of these are moving right along to pleasing God, and now comes down to understanding, to establish knowledge and understanding. This is what 1 John 5, 20 says. And we know, each time we see this word, we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Pause for station identification. If you want to see uh, this whole idea of um, is Jesus Christ God? He is God. He is God. First John validates because there, there are some groups that says Jesus only, you know. Um, uh, Jesus is God, Jesus is the Holy Spirit, and Jesus is Jesus, and it's Jesus only. No, no, no. Now, now you're messing up. That's telling me that you really don't know um, about the Godhead. Each one has specific jobs. The Holy Spirit is to convict us and to instruct us, etc., etc. Jesus Christ is to die for our sins, so he takes on the sin. Each, each, uh, then God the Father, he's there uh, accepting the praise and being established as he should be as God as creator. But all of them are equal in position, but different in their function. See, that's how marriage is. It's equal in position. No one is better than the other, but you're different in your functions. And that's what makes a real team. And so we see here that it says, hey, when it comes down to, to God, it says, and we know that God, the Son, 
uh, the Son of God came and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. Well, who gave you the understanding? The Holy Spirit. Remember, he said, have no one to teach you. The Holy Spirit is giving you the understanding of God's word. And we are in him who is true in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Who's that he? Jesus Christ. It's the true God. How do we know we're in a, a period of antichrist? When they deny who Christ is. And there's a lot of groups that deny the deity, the reality that Jesus Christ is God. Okay. Well, you folks have been very patient. Let me, let me rush along here for uh, now the proof. We know that we have passed out of death into life because now is we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. No, God our Father has planted a spiritual DNA in our heart, soul, and mind, confirming our standing before him. We know that we have passed out of death into life. We have walked through the door, sin no more. When I, when I walked through the door, the, the sin that pulled on me had to let me go. It, it does not bound me. It does not dictate to me. I remember I was dealing with, uh, at, at teen camp one time, I was dealing with, with it, and, uh, and I had one of the teens come up, and I was telling them about being bound in sin, and I, and I took a belt and tied it around him. The belt was pretty long, and I said, sin has you like this, and I pulled him this way, and I pulled him that way. And I pulled them, and the teens were laughing and everything else. I said, that's what sin does. It pulls you away from God. And it tells you what to do. Then I said, okay. So I took the, uh, I took the belt off. And I said, come here. He said, nope. <laughs> I said, oh, oh, you have a choice now. He said, you're not pulling me anymore. <laughs> I'm in control. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of what? His might. His might. First John 3.15, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. I trust that we keep that in mind. Principle number five. By this we know Love, that he laid down his life for us. This is repetitive, isn't it, through the, through the book? And we ought to lay down our lives, here's the next step, for the brothers. No, you mean give me, give, you mean give my brother all I have? No. Let's go a little bit further, because we, we love ourselves, that we lay down our lives, not for our relatives, that's, when we're on the other side of, of the cross, it's not about your relatives. Relatives are inclusive. That's, that's a done deal. Now we're talking about brothers and sisters in the Lord. And it says, we know that we pass from death into life. Why? Because we're willing to lay down our lives for the brothers. 
it's the reason that it's kind of foreign to us because we're not in uh, uh, the various uh, areas of tremendous stress all over the world. They're being beheaded by Muslims, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you know what the prayer list by the, by the martyrs? There's a martyr magazine and back and stuff. The prayer list by the martyr is simply this. We're not praying that you get us out of this situation. Pray for us. That when they do, when a person sees this person, so his whole family wiped out. But he still wanted that person who did it to be saved. Because there's something that folks don't quite understand. Once a person dies in their sins, it is forever. Want to do a little litmus test here? Go into your darkest closet. Sit there for at least five minutes where there's no light, no one interrupting you. Just sit there. And you that's when a person dies in their sins, they're in outer darkness. Oh, add to it you're in total pain. Oh, but, but that's that there's something I left out that's very important. You're there and God will never hear you. We are saved. And if we have to lay down our life for the brothers, it's, it's like stepping through the door. Okay? And as we step through the door, we, we leave our brother or sister behind and we step and look our, our Savior right in the face. That's, that's what Stephen did. He saw the Lord standing on the right hand side of the Father. They couldn't see it, but he could because of who he knew. Okay. Um, by this we know we shall know that we are the true and assured our hearts before him. Whosoever keep his commandments abides in God, in God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given. Uh, did you notice this? It shifts from loving the brother to abiding. And Jesus Christ said, abide in me, and I in you, for apart from me, you can do nothing. How do I abide? I get to know him. I get to obey him. I get to love him. I get begin to do all the things that he wants me to do. These are the things that begin to really come to the surface, and people will not know you. They'll know the Christ in you. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your fathers in heaven. That's our target. We can't pay God back, but we can at least in our lives say thank you by how we live. It's all in the knowing. By this we know the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come into the flesh is from God. We are from, the, uh, from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Each time we keep going through no, 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 no. 1 John 4, 8. Anyone who does not love does not know 
God. Why? Because God is love. God's word leaves no stone unturned. Okay, let's go to the next verse. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. How do I know I belong to God? Because I have have been given a spiritual partner, the Holy Spirit, they call it the paraclete, one who walks alongside of you. I have him for the rest of my life. Matter of fact, the word says forever, forever. So we have come to know and to believe that God has for us, God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. When Jesus Christ said, abide in me, here's what First John says. Uh, so we know, uh, have come to know and to believe that the love that God has for us, God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. Abiding in love, as far as God is concerned, is being totally sold all out to the ultimate good and purpose and praise of God. Do you love him? Someone thinks it's an emotion. Emotion comes after you start doing. Okay, uh, you ever notice that emotion always follow what you see, or what you hear? It doesn't come before. You don't start crying. You see a person just breaking out crying. You say, well, well, "What's your problem, bro?" You know, I don't know. I just love to cry. Now you know there's some cognitive challenges that the private person might be having. But usually, what happens is that your emotions follow what you know. And when you know him, you begin to praise him and thank him and obey him and be victorious through him as a result of this. All through knowledge. So when I ran across that word, no. By this we know that we uh, love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. Jesus Christ said, if you love me, do what I say. We're almost there. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And if you know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. And this is not this group come out naming and claim it, see it and believe it. No, no, don't, don't go in that route. If you know God, you won't even think about going in that route. Um, we know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. It's repetitive what been saying. But he who was born of God, God uh, of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. Whenever you walk in the beauty of holiness and the love of God, you don't have to, they have, uh, you know, they had this song about, uh, this song they put out about stomping, stomping on the devil. And please, don't go to the exercise. Go to the exercise club. Don't, don't, don't go there, okay? Uh, you don't have to stomp on the devil and uh, tell him to get out and all these other things. No. The Bible says, draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. That's spiritual realm. Then resist the devil, and he will walk away from you. What would he do? What would he do? He'll flee. He have his Michael Jordans on, and he will flee from you because of who you are and who you know in Christ. Don't you know that? 
Why is it that we keep stumbling? Evaluate why am I keep stumbling in the same area over and over again? Am I going by my preference? Or, I'm in, uh, or am I ignorant? Or I know and decide not to do it. First John says, I write these things to you. It's a personal letter to you. Saints of God. Not, it's not for sinners. It's not for those who do not know Christ. They might be pre-Christians. They're not Christians yet. But to you, I write these things. So you will know. And in knowing you'll bless God hard, you have a better life ahead of you. It does not mean that you will not have struggles and disappointments. These are called setbacks, not failures. Mm. Mm. We know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Here's our last verse. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true. And in his, his son, Jesus Christ, he is the true God, eternal life. Ah, praise God for that. We usually have a one last thing. We've been declared righteous through the blood of Christ. This righteousness enables us to receive the wisdom, knowledge, and insight for our spiritual growth in Christ. The hope of the righteous brings joy, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. You keep seeing this word, perish, perish. The way of the Lord is a stronghold to the blameless, but destruction to the evildoers. There's no middle of the road. You're, you're not um, either. I mean, either is black or white. And please don't get into this ethnic thing. It's either black or white. Either you're in darkness or you're in the light. Period. And once we make our mind that way, guess what? The decisions we make today, the very decisions we make today, We'll form our tomorrow. Lay it out. Lay out the foundation. The decisions we made yesterday is why a lot of times we're going through some things today. That's why it's important for us to keep this in mind. Well, um, Proverbs 10, 30, righteousness will never be removed, but the wicked will not dwell in the land. The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but the, per the perverse tongue will be cut off. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked, what is perverse. Wow. Um, Proverbs go through all these comparatives. And my prayer is this. My prayer is that we um, make up our mind this morning. I want to know. Know him. In the beauty of his holiness. And the more you know, the more you grow. Let's bow in a word of prayer. If you're that person, maybe before we do pray, and if you don't know Christ, 
it's, it's not a hard thing to do. It's simply recognizing and believing that you are, you were born a sinner. Jesus Christ died for your sins on the cross of Calvary. And not only that, you had to ask him, Lord, forgive me for my sins. For you died on the cross for my sins. And I want to be a part of your family. And you, you have said, Lord, that, um, that anyone coming to me, I will no wise cast him out. Thank you for your great investment. Thank you for the, your great investment in the lives of the believers here and on our Zoom. Thank you for what you're going to be, you are doing and will be doing in their lives. Let not their outside circumstances dictate who they are. We are born again, blood-washed saints of God. So I pray toward that end. I pray, Lord, that if there's anyone who do not know Christ, make that decision today. That all of us get to one point in our lives. All of us can say two words, I know. I know. Thank you for that privilege, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. And all the saints said, amen.